welcome to the Tabletop Games blog topic discussion. Due credit. How to credit people on board games. It's clearly Bez months because here's another article inspired by her. This time she wanted to know my thoughts on giving fair credit in games. So let me see if I can rise to the challenge. I think that in recent years, publishers have become better at crediting the people who worked on a game. Where a few decades ago board game boxes would only show the name of the game and the publisher's logo, now you can usually see the name of the designer, as well as the illustrator or graphic designer and sometimes even the developer. Rubooks now also often list playtesters and other people who help make the game a reality at the end. Apparently, some games even show the name of the manufacturer. So, while things are getting better and more people at least get a mention, there isn't much consistency from game to game and between publishers. I reckon there is no consensus on who warrants a credit and where that credit should appear. I think we probably all agree that the names of the designers have to be shown prominently on the front of the board game boxes and be one of the first names listed in the relevant section of the rulebook that credits people and companies who worked on the game. It seems to be the minimum standard in our industry. In fact, with the rise of independent publishers, where the designer and publisher are usually one and the same, it is a given. Even if the designer's name is hidden behind the brand name, they have given their publishing outlet. So while we do see Bez's name listed on her games, her company's stuff by Bez is possibly better known and is synonymous with her as a person. There are also situations where a group of designers will never reveal who amongst them actually worked on a specific game, instead always crediting the group as a whole using the group's name. I suppose some people don't like to be mentioned by name. They see themselves as part of a group who collectively work on something. So even when not necessarily everyone contributes to a specific game, they still all function as a team. The next names many of us will expect to see printed prominently on the front of a game box are those of the illustrators, graphic designers or other artists. I think many of us have started to be able to recognize certain illustrator styles. Some illustrators have become celebrities within a hobby in their own right, separate from the designers or publishers they usually work with. I mean, just think of Quanshai Moria or Roland McDonald. Their art style isn't only very distinctive, but they are also very well known in our hobby. On the other hand, many publishers rely on only one or two illustrators for their games. Osprey Games with Roland McDonald or Spielworks and Harald Lieske are only two examples. So they almost don't need to print the illustrator's name in the box, but of course they do. Yet when it comes to the people who ensure that action spaces on a game board or the layout of your player mat are easy to see and make sense just by looking at them, it's often the case they don't get mentioned. Graphic designers' work is hugely important to allow us, the playing public, to make playing the game easier. We all probably know of examples where the beautiful artwork of a highly detailed game board makes it impossible to see where to place your workers, or where symbology has gone mad and is more confusing than helpful. Sometimes graphic designers do get mentioned on the cover of a game box, 
but at the very least they should appear alongside the illustrator in the rulebook's credits section. Another group of important people are the developers. They are probably not so common in indie publisher circles, but certainly big corporate publishers have at least one developer on hand to turn a great game into an amazing one, or to tweak a game's setting or theme to fit into the publisher's product catalogue more seamlessly. The work of a developer can be very light touch, or it can be really impactful. Either way, it's these people who really polish a game and make it shine. Without them, some games would probably fly under the radar of many of us and not become very popular, so they deserve to be credited for their work. Some games do indeed have developers' names printed in a prominent location on the front of the game box. More and more rulebooks also list them among the other credits, and often near the top of the list, which is great to see. Playtesters are another important group of people whose input can have a huge influence on the success of a game. Whether these people are employed by the publisher, are part of the group that meet regularly, or part of targeted playtest sessions arranged on behalf of the designer or publisher, their names also deserve mention. Again, most rulebooks do list the names nowadays, and sometimes they even appear on the back of a board game box. That's especially true for indie publishers and for games that were produced with the help of a crowdfunding campaign. However, there are even more people who have helped to make a game a reality. From the marketing team, to the rulebook writers, to the translators, to the manufacturer, to the logistics firm, to lots of other people, there are probably dozens upon dozens of people involved. It might not be quite as many people as you see names in the end credits of Hollywood blockbusters, but I reckon it's still a lot. While it feels like it would be great to list them all, at least the names of the companies involved, most rulebooks don't reserve space for film trailer lengths of names. Crediting all these people would certainly be wonderful, and I would be honoured to have my name printed in the game's rulebook somewhere, but I think we have to draw the line somewhere, or maybe we don't. This is where it gets a bit tricky, and I reckon you will have different opinions to mine. So please let me know on the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com what you think. Is the industry doing enough to credit the people who make those amazing games a reality? What names should get a credit but don't? Where should they appear? Are there people you think shouldn't be shown or at least take more of a back seat? I'd love to hear what you think. Thank you for listening to this Tabletop Games Blog Topic Discussion Podcast. Please check the description below for links mentioned in this episode as well as to the written version of this article on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us some stars or leave a review. Please also tell your friends about me and if you want to offer financial support, check out my Patreon Ko-fi pages, links to which you'll find in the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com. So thank you again for listening and I hope to see you again soon. This podcast was made possible by the generous help of my supporters. Role Patron, Sean Newman Magic Champion, John Risley Castle Guards, David Miller and James Naylor Dice Masters, Alex Bardi, Paul Grogan and Robin Kay And Shining Lights, Jacob Davis, Gavin Jones, Sarah Reed and Richard Simpson <laughs>